Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The wellness breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the wellness guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the country place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17 to 19. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we're so excited to have you back again this week. Thank you to all the lovely new listeners who's been joining us in the last few weeks. We've been having a look at some of the numbers and we realize that uh, a lot of people have been tuning in, especially to some of the fantastic interviews we've been doing with some amazing people. And we're not going to stop the ball with this uh, episode. We're stepping it up again. And we're really, really excited to introduce you today to someone that we call a friend, a colleague, but most importantly, a mentor, because he's actually the coach behind a lot of the stuff that we do. And we're so proud to have him as uh, part of our life in terms of stretching us and and making us go further in the things we do. He's an incredible human being and his name is Dr. Lawrence Tam. We've got uh, so many ways we could introduce him. I can tell you that he's an amazing father, an amazing husband. He's also an incredible business mentor. He's uh, founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. You can hear him on uh, The Wellness Guys each week and you can also hear him on the amazing podcast he does with his gorgeous wife, Karen, Inside a Champion's Mind. Um, Lawrence, welcome to the show. We're so, so pleased to have you. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you so much for uh, asking me to, to be on here today. And I'm really looking forward to having a great conversation today. Awesome. Um, so, Lawrence, I, I don't want to rub this in at all, but I know that the guys are going to do it anyway. So I thought we'll just get it out of the way first. Um, <laughs> right. So we've had we've already had Damien from the Wellness Guys and Brett on the show. And it, it we didn't plan it, but we're having you finally. We've, we've sort of made that uh, trifecta and we've got you online as well. Um, are you coming? It's great to save, save the best for last. So thank you so <laughs> much for allowing me to do that. Yeah, I, I, that's what we were going to say too. Don't tell Brett and Damien though. <laughs> oh, you can tell them all you want. I'll, I'll make sure I Facebook that. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get in trouble with them now. Um, Lawrence, thanks so, so much for being on the show. Um, We've given you a bit of a wrap there, but could you just kind of give our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with you 
just a bit of a, a rundown of your journey and uh, like a little sort of the Reader's Digest version, I guess, or a snippet of, of how you got to being this incredible human being that you are and have everything that you've achieved with, you know, this huge success of the Wellness Guys and the Wellness Couch and now your coaching programs and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. How, how did you get there? <laughs> I'll start with the sperm and an egg. And we understand fertility. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. That's what I figure. So yeah, yeah. we can start there. Listen, uh, um, thank you for, for the kind words. And, and I really appreciate, um, you know, the, the, the sentiment and also the kind words of, you know, calling me an incredible human being. I, I think really, I think all of us are incredible people, um, not just people on this call right now, but everybody listening. And I think um, it's my, my whole journey has been, is really about finding the best version of people and how do you become the best version of yourself? And this is just for me. Like, I'm not expecting everybody else to be the best version of themselves. I want to be the best version of myself. And do I achieve that every single time? Absolutely not. You know, I think we're all human beings and what we're trying to do is strive to sort of create that in our journey. But I think if this world works towards uh, being the best version of themselves, then I think we'll live in a better place. And I think we have better relationships, we will have better communications, um, and I think we can create and collaborate a lot of things in life. So for me, I, I came to this, I, I, was, uh, I was born and raised in Canada. That's where my accent comes from. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I lived in, I think, Hong Kong for about four years between ages five and nine. But during this journey, I, I, you know, I came from a really middle-class family, and I have a brother. And around, I went to chiropractic college, and I graduated around 2002. And then I decided when I came over here to Sydney for a student conference, I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with the country, actually. And so I, when I went back, I told my wife I just literally just got married, uh, was on my honeymoon in Hawaii, and uh, she flew home back to Toronto. I flew to Sydney to visit. And I, when I went back, I said, I think we should go to Australia for a year. And that's where I was. And then after I graduated six months later, we came to Australia. And um, that was about 14 years ago. And we stayed. So I was a chiropractor uh, for 12 years. And during that transition, about five and a half years ago, I got together with Brett and Damien. And we started something. We wanted to impact a greater uh, a community. So, you know, as a chiropractor, as you were, you get to serve the people in your community, which is great. But I knew that I had something more, like I wanted to do more for a bigger population. And I, and podcasting was just getting started. And we thought, hey, this is a great idea. Why don't we consider doing a, a radio show of some sort um, to get our message across? And I, I you know, got together with Brett and, and Damien and that's how the beginning of the Wellness Guy started. It was, uh, it was just an idea. It was actually our fifth idea, probably. It wasn't our first idea. It just became one idea, just led to something, and then we just grew. And that's a year into it. We thought, hey, you know, we're making a massive impact with three guys. Let's try to see if there's other people who can make a bigger impact. And so that's how we, the Wellness Couch came to be. Now it's about 20 different wellness shows, including yours, um, which is you know changing a lot of people's lives throughout the entire world, which I'm, we're really, really proud of. And so that's sort of the journey that I've been on. And it's really just a discovery. And it's hard to give me a bio because I do a whole bunch of things. Chiropractor, I, I'm a podcaster, you know, founder and, and the, uh, you know, co-founder of the Wellness Couch. And, you know, I coach and, you know, I mentor, speak. And, and there's so many things I could do. And I think that's, uh, the age that we live in. The, the age that we live in is about that we can be a variety of things. We don't have to be pigeonholed into, oh, you're a chiropractor. So that means mean that you have to to be that thing. And that's the only thing you do. I, I disagree with that. I think we have um, many different uh, skill sets that we can 
we can do. I just happen to be Lawrence Tam, who happens to be a chiropractor, who happens to be all the other things as well. So labels and and as being a career, I don't really have one single career. I constantly change. I don't even practice anymore. Um, and I think really for today's age, it's just inspiring people to find what they love to do and keep on doing more of that if you can. Oh, for certain. Oh, I think, yeah, I love yeah. That. and it's something that um, a lot of people. What you just said, you you don't you have so many skills to pigeonhole yourself into a career is sometimes very challenging. And we find that the conversations we're having around this time of year as well, people are finishing up the year, they're finishing work, they're considering maybe career shifts or direction changes or or daydreaming about some of the things that they love to do but they're not doing in their daily life right now and think, oh, could I, would I, should I? Um, and I think it's absolutely impossible right now not to think of the new year. I mean, whether you're you're a mum trying to brave the shops with your child to, you know, throw it on Santa's knee so you can have a screaming photograph or, or whether you're, you know, looking uh, at excitedly launching into something new because the new year is coming and it's an opportunity to, to shift a gear maybe in your fitness or your health. Um, or for some people, and this is really what this episode sort of came from today, was that there's a lot of people out there listening and you ladies listening must, you know, know yourself or someone you know who has the same feeling that you just cannot wait to close the door on 2016 for a number of different reasons and we want to just sort of help you shift into a space where you can actually set yourself up for an absolutely incredible 2017 and I know Andrew you've had a chat to a few people and they've got some interesting you know conversations about that as well. Yeah, it's a really interesting time of year and I can't believe that the year is almost over already. There was so much stuff that we were going to try and get done for you listeners as well before the year ended, but it's like, geez, where has all that time gone? And I know so many of you feel that same way as well. I was chatting to a patient of mine um, during the week and she was reflecting on the year and was getting quite down about you know, some of the things that came up and she's made a huge career change for her, which was incredible. Um, but now you know, she's getting all this feedback from her friends and her family saying, oh, well, you should have used this year to travel or you should be studying or you should be doing this or you should be doing that. And as a result, she's made so many different changes that weren't necessarily the things that she wanted to do. And now she's in this bit of a slump about, okay, well, where do I go now? I don't even know what I want or the even the themes or the things that might bring her joy or that she actually likes to do. Um, and I think that that's true for so many people at the moment is they're kind of stuck in that limbo as to where you go and, or even if you want to make a shift, where do you start? And so Lawrence, that's why we're so excited to have you on the show today. So we can kind of tease some of those things out. And, you know, I don't know where you want to start with this today, but um, what sort of advice would you be giving to that person? Um, you know, who one of was kind of feels like they're stuck in that rut. Yeah, I think um, you're you're absolutely right. I think we're in in a, in a position in the world. I think this is across the world, and this, this is the feeling that I'm getting, anyways. That a lot of people are sort of evaluating their life. It's not even just this time of year. I think it's also that they they've been doing that for the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of people are looking at, you know, is this the career that I want to have, or is this the life that I want to live? And I don't know what what has started this, but my guess is that there's also expo increased exposure to what's possible. So because of social media and because of Facebook, we are able to see what other people are doing. And whereas before Facebook, before social media, we weren't, you know, we kind of hear what our friends are doing, but we really didn't see that. 
And so you don't really attribute to like, oh, I could do that. But now because of social media, like instantly I can see someone in Hawaii or I can see someone in, you know, traveling somewhere and like, oh, and we all are always seeing highlights, right? So therefore we're like, oh, that, that's awesome. I would love to do that. I'd love to do it. And you start to question yourself because it's almost like there's envy or things are, um, you know, better on the other side. And so we start to chase after um, other people's dreams. And you're absolutely right, Andrew. You talk about your friend there. They are, you know, everybody's making their suggestions. Uh, you know, this is what you should do and shouldn't do. It's it's so, sort of like, it reminds me of pregnancy, right? When you get pregnant for the very first time, you are going to hear so many different advice <laughs> from so many different people, right? Yep, <laughs> and, getting and plenty, happens, plenty yeah, getting plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You'll, and they all, like, they are, sometimes they conflict, sometimes they're the same, but you just hear it, like, even unsolicited. Like, you didn't even ask for the advice, but people give it to you. And I'm guilty of that, too, yeah. as well, giving the advice. Now, the problem is, is that everybody has their own opinion. However, I always tell the mothers um, when they're pregnant, and it's the same advice to this friend, is that you need to listen to yourself. You need to listen to your own intu intuition because you know best. You know what's best for your child and you know what's best for you. And oftentimes we get lost in this world of um, chasing someone else's dream. And I use a story, right? Now, the story that I had it was uh, this year, actually. This year was the Summer Olympics. And uh, there was the uh, swimmer, Katie Ledecky, who was swimming uh, in the 400 and 800 meter um, freestyle. When I was watching at the Olympics, I was like blown away how far she was in terms of the race. Like she would jump in the water and she was well ahead, like meters ahead. I think in the 800 meters, I think she finished like 12 seconds uh, in front of the silver medalist, which is yeah, incredible, incredible, right? And you just start looking at her and go like, man, that is just absolutely crazy because, you, you know, this is the Olympics, he's like the top eight swimmers in the world, right? Swimming for this one race. And she's 12 seconds ahead of the first place, you know, being first place in the second place. And I'm looking like, oh, man, this is, you know, if I was a second place or the eighth place person swimming in that race, I'll be thinking, what would I be thinking? What was going on in my head? And I realized that, you know what? The only thing that would be going on in my head, I think, is that you can't be worried about what Katie's doing. Yes, she might have smashed you. She might have even overlapped you. But at the end of the day, you're there. You made the Olympics and you're the top eight in the world and you're swimming and you have to kind of stay in your own lane. It doesn't matter what she's doing. You need to concentrate on how you're doing. And I sort of look back and reflect upon that, that thought process that I had and retreated back to life. I think life is like that. And I've gone through this transformation for myself is to, or the realization that, you know, I've been chasing everybody else's dreams or what everybody else's expectation of me and or what I expected from what, you know, you know, being this or being that would be like, or other people's uh, dreams or what they've been doing in their careers. And I, I, that's where I should be. And so all that expectation falls upon me, but never really sitting down and evaluating the some one fundamental question. Why am I doing it? Right? Just a simple question, like, why am I doing it? So, you know, it might be like, okay, I should go into this particular thing. And then, but if you don't ask yourself why, you're just going to go after it. And people like us who are entrepreneurial, who are actually go-getters, we'll just go and do it. But never really evaluating ourselves whether or not, like, should we do it? Yeah, sure, it sounds incredible, but is why are we even doing it? Like, how does that fulfill us? How, why does it actually matter to us that, that we actually go after this thing? Is it just because of people... <laughs> A brand, you know, like, is it about a brand or personality or is it about really, is it that that's what we truly love inside? And I know that's a hard question to ask yourself, but the answers will start to come up if you actually ask it. And we don't spend enough time, I don't believe, to reflect upon the why. We don't spend enough time to have conversations with ourselves. 
because it's so freaking scary. I resist it myself and I'm in the process of like just listening to the voice inside your head. And I think all you listeners know what I'm talking about. You don't listen to your own voice. You ask a question and you don't, you numb it. You rather listen to a podcast, not to say that you shouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, keep tuning do, in. <laughs> keep tuning in this one. This is important. But we, we, we numb our mind with Facebook. We numb our mind with television. We numb our mind with watching a movie or, you know, whatever is going to distract us. Right? Just think about anybody who's in a waiting room or waiting in line, waiting in a bus stop, even driving in a car. And I'm very guilty of this, right, by the way. So I'm not saying that I'm pointing fingers at I'm pointing fingers at myself. I am numbing myself with information out of reading an audiobook or, you know, listening to a podcast so that I don't have a conversation with myself. And that's a scary thing. And I think this is what's happening. And I'm not sure that's an advice. I'm sure we'll get to some advice, but I th- I just want to set the scene of that's why it's, it's occurring. The you know why people are sort of feeling the way they're feeling, and um and it's and it's a massive issue. And do you think there's a, a grave element there too of that whole grass is always greener? Because sometimes you don't even know what your why is because it's so clouded in someone else's why because you keep looking over the fence and you know at their nice green grass, so to speak. Yeah. See, the thing is, is when you start chasing and you're comparing yourself, so it's all about comparison, right? Comparing yourself with what what the possible reality of that other person is going through. Now, here's the challenge. What you're only seeing, like especially on Facebook, you're only seeing all the good stuff. You're only seeing the, you know, the outcome or the results. What you're not seeing is all the sacrifice that person had to do or is currently going through and all the consequences that that does attached to getting there. Every Thing that someone achieves or does has a consequence. It has sacrifices. We just don't see that. No one displays their sacrifices, rarely. But you got to understand, they have to sacrifice it. So someone might follow my Facebook feed and say, hey, Lawrence, wow, like, you know, you had an incredible year. You're traveling all around the world, speaking around the world. That's awesome. But I know myself what sacrifice I have to go through. I have to sacrifice my time with my two young kids. It is hard being away from my family because family is very important to me. However, um, I'm not suggesting family is the highest value because if it was, I wouldn't be traveling, right? Mm-hmm. And my values yeah. is different than everybody else's values. I'm not saying suggesting you should follow my values. I feel my one of my strong, and that that's actually so. Just going back to the family thing, I thought family was my top value. Now, my family is within my top three values, but it's not my top value. And I recognize that because if it was my top value, there's no way in hell I would be traveling as much as I do. I and that's not I, wrong either. And I think people think that their value should be a certain number of things and that, you know, say family should be absolute top value always. Um, but it doesn't make it wrong if it's not. And I think that that's why there's that danger of falling into that Instagram trap of just seeing a photograph or a snippet of somebody's life and thinking that it's so much better than your own. And that's what you should be striving for. And, you know, I loved what you said about comparison, Lawrence. And it it sort of reminds me of my favorite Shakespeare quote that is um, comparisons are odious, which means they stink. (laughs) And Mm. it's, it's so true. Um, I think it, it totally brings up so much uh, like unfulfillment and um, I'm totally digressing. Here. Anyway, let's go back. No, to your no, values. I think compar- no comparison is, is one of the things that we constantly do, and it, it's hard to uh, to not do. However, I think once you start to have a realization and then having a self awareness where you know you're comparing, that's a first step. Having awareness is very, very important. So, for example, the awareness of me knowing that 
I recognize that, wait a second, I'm traveling, and yet my families are high value, they'll realize that maybe family is not my highest values. And I got to be okay with that. I got to be okay that my highest value is actually impacting people. And mm-hmm. sure, my kids might not understand what that means to them at this stage. And they might hear this particular podcast maybe, you know, five, 10 years ago and say, hey, you know, dad, like, what did you mean by that? Do, do we not matter? But I hope that I raise them enough and give them enough skill sets and also, you know, love as well to know that, you know, we, I'm here to play a bigger game and that, you know, that, yes, you were important, but I also had this important, I feel that I, for me to live my authentic life, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm living an authentic life right now, but I'm, you know, as I strive towards that, it meant that I feel like I needed to be out there and really helping as many people as I possibly could in the capacity that I can. Am I living that to the fullest? Probably not. I know that I have more and I need to figure that out. And I think we're all on that journey and thinking, right? And this is the the, the comparison and the expectation is if it, to think that you'll reach it someday is the downfall. When you, when you think that you're going to reach it one day going, oh, this is the actual life that I want to live. I think that's a false um, reality. The, the reality really is that you're going to constantly strive towards something, the vision that you actually have, but you never really reach it. I think I see it as almost like a sunset. You can see the sunset, you can, can visualize it, but you never really reach it. You can't touch it in a way. Um, and the vision that, that, that you actually have for yourself, those are great as a guiding post. Like they're sort of guy as a guide to pull you towards something. But you should never compare yourself to the vision that you actually hold for yourself because that's a recipe for depression. Because you're never mm-hmm. gonna reach it. So when you every time you compare yourself to where you should be or could be or want to be, you're gonna lead yourself to a false reality thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. Like that little voice inside of all of our heads that said, you're not good enough, you're not good at that. And you start to create self-doubt and that actually causes you to go backwards. Successful people really look at, they have a vision, they have a strong vision or what pulls them towards towards that vision. However, they never compare themselves to the vision. They have a the vision as a guide, as like a North Star. But what they do is they compare themselves each day. When they look at it each day, it goes, did I step one step closer towards that vision or did I take one step back? And if the answer is one step back, that's okay, as long as you don't take too many steps back in too many days in a row. Mm-hmm. The whole goal is that you want to move forward towards that vision. And if you're moving forward, that's great. And that would start to eliminate uh, what Dan Sullivan, who's one of my mentors, um, you know, calls the gap. The gap is between your expectation of what you should be to compare to where you are today. If you fall into the gap, which I do very often, we will start to get stuck in that gap. What you want to do is try to compare yourself looking backwards and say, did I move forward today? Or if you, you know, let's talk about the end of the year here. Did we, did I move forward this year closer to where I should be? And if the answer is no, don't beat yourself up about it. That doesn't help you. doesn't help anybody. What you should be doing is going, okay, why didn't it go well? Like what, what, what steps did, what actions did you take that made you go backwards? What were the lessons in that? What did you learn about yourself? Because, um, one of my favorite, uh, coaches, right. And he's a, he was a basketball coach from the UCLA Bruins. He once said, he says, it's never a loss until you fail to see the lesson in it. And so mm-hmm. even when he was, you know, told his players that when they lose a game, it's never a loss in the loss column until you've actually decided that there's nothing you learned from it, whether you play too fast, too slow, too, too quick, you know, unsmart, you know, all that stuff. Like if you learn something from it, then it's actually a win, not a loss. So stop looking at your losses or what you didn't do or should have done 
as a failure. See it as the lessons that maybe you were oh, too ambitious. Maybe you were trying to rush through things. Maybe that you didn't set enough goals or maybe you set too many goals. Whatever that answer it is for you, answer that. Learn the lesson so that you don't have a repeated year next year. Because what you don't want to do is have the same type of feeling year in, year out at the same time, which is what happened. I guarantee we'll have the same conversation in 2017, 18, 20, 20, 20, 25, whatever year you're moving ahead. We'll have the same conversation around December. It's and like a lot of, Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. I think a lot of that is comes down to taking personal responsibility, isn't it, Lawrence? Like you, you, like you said with that example of the basketball time, if you haven't taken a lesson from it, then at some point there you've potentially passed blame or you've used other excuses and it's really not about accepting that full responsibility for what is, how it's been played out, and then, of course, your actions and involvement in that play. Absolutely. Self-awareness of being aware of your thoughts and your thinking and the way how you act and how you don't act, that whole aspect on how you think as is very important. The second thing I think is the most important is actually self-responsibility, as you mentioned. Self-responsibility means that you take every action and sorry, take full responsibility of everything that you do. And yes, are there someone someone's listening to me and goes, well, but that can't be true. Like there's certain things that happen to us. Oh, things will things will go wrong, won't they? That this is life. Things will go wrong. (laughs) That's a guarantee. Yeah, like yeah, some people like you know, just say you know they 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 are in a. And I know this will rub people the wrong way. So just, you know, just hear me out on this. Okay. Just let's take a step back and, you know, before you put judgment on this, but just hear me out. Someone might say, um, you know, there's a, um, just say there's a massive hurricane uh, or just, you know, massive storm. I, I moved here to Sydney two years ago from Perth. And uh, within the first, we still miss you. We still miss you. (laughs) (laughs) I still miss Perth. The the thing that changed massively was the weather, and there was this this four months into our 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 thing that there was massive storms. Lawrence, it's raining today in December here, which is unheard really? of. So who well, knows what's happening? The, maybe we got the first weather here, here today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful 30 degrees a day here in uh, oh, Sydney. Yeah, but <laughs> I remember two years ago, like honestly, this massive storm came through, like just just destroyed a whole bunch of houses and trees around us and everything. And it's very stormy in Sydney. Now, I, you you know, one could say, he goes, well, you know, that, just say my tree fell on a car, you know, on my car, say it didn't happen, but just say it did, you know. And someone say, well, how do you take self-responsibility for that? Well, I know I didn't cause the storm. You know, I'm not God. However, I got to take responsibility that I moved here to Sydney. I moved into this particular house. I parked my car exactly in that same position where it got hit by a tree. Now, some people might be saying like, well, that's ridiculous, right? And go, well, no, like, because if I'm going to take responsibility and self-responsibility and full responsibility, which means that I have to take full responsibility for all the decisions I make. Yes, it's not my fault that the tree fell on my car at that moment, in that instant, in that month, in that time. However, I got to take full responsibility that, hey, I did park my car there. Now, do I mean that I don't put a blame on anybody else or I should get compensation for that? Of course not. What I'm saying, though, is that when you can take full responsibility you take full responsibility every decision that you made which means that because i don't i can't just take full responsibility on the things that went well i'm taking full responsibility on the things that didn't go well as well which is what we don't typically do and there's a study on surgeons um they were talking about how the surgeons will take full responsibility when something goes right but they'll blame everything else when something goes wrong, whether it be the equipment, another staff member, or the lighting was bad, or the patient, something external. So we'll blame everything external when something goes wrong. We'll take full credit when something goes right. And that's the challenge. And what we're asking you to do is to consider that when you're going to take full responsibility for your actions, then you actually have a chance. And here's why. Because when you take full responsibility, yes, it does. It, it, it 
causes you to have one massive decision, which means that you live your whole entire life knowing that I made this happen, which means that you have all the decisions you made in the past has already been made. You can't go back in time and change it unless you have a time machine. But what you can do, you can't change the past, but you have full responsibility and full decision making to make better decisions or at least decisions in moving forward to shape the way you're going to be in the future. I'd rather live in a life, and this is just a perception thing or a mindset thing, where I'd rather live in a life, a, a life that I want to live, that I'm in full control of it, not being controlled by external factors that I have no control. And that's what I mean by taking full responsibility. Taking full responsibility means that I have control. I want to gain that control in my life. If I didn't do well, it's my fault. Not fault, but it's my decision to, to make those certain decisions that get led me there. If I, you know, I created some wins for myself, I did that too. And that is about self um, full responsibility. Oh, and Lawrence, that. I think you've given us a little, um, I, I guess, snapshot into what it means to be inside that champion's mind, because I think it's that uh, self-responsibility that you have that creates, that's such a huge part of it, right? Um, yeah. So if we I, can... Exactly. So if we can kind of make this a little bit more digestible for some of our audience in terms of how we're actually looking forward to, to the next year, how can we stop ourselves from setting ourselves up for failure and falling into that slump that I think so many of us create you know, news resolutions that are with inane goals like lose weight, quit smoking. I think those are the top two always um, just because we feel like we should have some resolutions or we should have some goals. Um, but how can we sort of stop setting ourselves up for failure and just falling into the trap of uh, just those really inane, impersonal goals? Yeah, I think uh, you know I'm on the on the cusp of this right now, just deciding whether goals are should be set at all. Um, I'm you know I don't have an answer to that, but I mean thinking about at the moment is that when we set goals, it's just that I think you know going back to the original conversation that we had is be very clear on what you're setting your goals for. Like why are you doing it? You know, mm -hmm. asking that second level question, which is like if you're gonna set your goal, fine, but ask the question of why. Like why do you want to achieve it? Like what's the purpose of that? Is it to, to is and if your answer is to kind of going, well, because Johnny did it or, you know, Mary did that, then maybe you need to evaluate that goal. And so I think the answer to the why will solidify why you're actually trying to achieve that goal in the, uh, in the first place. And if you got to that answer that this is the goal that you want to achieve simply because it will make you a better human being, then fine. Then be very specific of what the outcome looks like so you know that you've actually achieved it so for example if a goal is set goes i want to lose weight well how much weight are we talking about before you're successful like is one pound good enough or you know 10 kilos or 20 like what is it how do you know you've won like if you mm -hmm. don't have any measurement of that then you you're basically setting yourself to fail because there was no happy mediums like if you think that oh i'll know because I'll feel happy. Well, that's not really measurable in a way, right? You got to have some clear outcome so that you can actually see it uh, coming uh, into fruition. So I think I, if you're going to have a goal, be very, very specific on how, what those criteria are going to be and so that you have it in your mind so you know how you're going to measure it. Without that measurement, I think it's very, uh, it will be a very poor way to set goals. I think one time, I think personally, um, this is, I think it was from Tony Robbins. He said that we um, overestimate what we can achieve in a year but we often underestimate what we can achieve in a lifetime. So mm. I want you to reflect upon that and think about why do you have to squeeze so much in in a year? 
Like, what are you trying to, like, at the beginning of the year, we're all ambitious, like, or even this time of year, we are so ambitious of trying to, like, this is what we're going to do in 2017. We're going to, we're going to do this and do this and do this. And you, you pile so much expectation in yourself that you actually probably never achieve it because you actually just fell in love with just setting the goal, but then you lost the momentum of actually doing it because it takes freaking work to actually do any of this stuff. And when you start to realize that, then there's a great study on something about, um, marathon runners. They they found that people who kind of said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna prepare for a marathon. I've decided to go run a marathon." Just the um the and the feedback they would get from people, all the likes and the comments, and go, "Oh, way to go!" You know, actually, way to go! You're gonna run a this marathon. Ah, that's awesome. And just the 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 praise they would get, they actually were satisfied with that, and they don't <laughs> even do the training. Uh, right? yeah, and, yeah. And so, so that's <laughs> why one of the things that they were saying is that maybe don't tell people your goal. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's obviously evidence that you should tell people, and there's also evidence of not to tell people is because the telling other people will actually make you not do it because you already got the praise anyways. It didn't matter if you actually did it or not. And so, I just got to think about the psychology around that. I think it's, it's from a goal setting point of view or looking at next year is make sure that number one is make sure. So, so let's make this practical. Number one, make sure the goal is something that you actually want to do and then actually answer the question why. Number two is um, if you're going to create a goal, be very, very specific on what that goal is so you know what the outcome is going to be look like. So if an Olympian is setting a goal uh, to be the best in the world, then they know that the criteria is that they're going to be standing on a podium uh, with a gold medal around their neck, you know, listening to the national anthem, right? So set the criteria. Um, I think the third thing is be very clear on what you think you're going to be able to accomplish and what's, I'm not suggesting you don't stretch yourself. I think that's really important to stretch yourself, but realize that you only have a limited time and you don't have to do it all in one year. I rather look at my life at the moment is that I don't know what's going to happen in two years time, let alone, I don't even know what's going to happen next year. So I've decided to do something a little bit different this year. I, I, I'm looking at it and going, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to set my targets for the next three months. For the next 90 days, I'm going to work on projects that actually makes me happy. What project is it going to make me happy as a person? So rather than trying to go ambitious and trying to go, like, I want to create this life, is I'm just going to go, you know what? I'm going to see, like, what if I just do things that makes me happy as a person? I'm going to just go after that for a little while and see where it takes me. Now, I don't know what will happen with this experiment, but I'm sort of moving towards that is chunking it down and making sure that I move towards something that's more of who I am. Now, not everybody can do that, um, you know, based on their job or careers or whatever. However, I would I would love for people to just set one goal, like one of your 10 or 100 goals that you set for yourself, just one of those to be something that makes you happy as a person. It might be learning piano. It might be learning um, how to act, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be something money-making. It's just something that would fuel you as a person. I think so, Lawrence. Uh, can I ask what was one of those things that you put in your next ninety days that uh, you're aiming that towards that makes you happy? What for can me? Can you share that with us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm. I've actually for me, <laughs> um, for me for the next ninety days as is. Um, creating events and creating communities. So both of you are part of my community uh, in terms of we are, I've created this, you know, um, over the last three years, really kind of created this uh, community of uh, like-minded individuals that meet together three times a year. I'm committed to making that even better. So you guys were there at Palm Cove when we did it. I had an amazing time. I think a lot of people had an amazing time. I want to do more of that. So I'm creating the next three months is to create communities and sub-communities of that, sub-tribes, to make that tribe even better. 
what are some of the things that will, you know, I'm committed to making the next event, which will be, um, you know, just in South Australia to make that the better event than the one we actually had and then continually to do that over the next two events and then the rest of 2017. It's about connections for me and about making sure that I focus more on that rather than trying to achieve a whole bunch of things. That is exciting. Yay. Well, that's um, something interesting that you said there too, you know, three key things in the year that you've uh, committed to. That sort of falls into something that I know that I still use and something I learned from you years ago. Um, maybe you want to just describe how people might want to. Because let's just say you're a, you're a big planner, big thinker. Sometimes the three-month window is just not enough to really whet your appetite to see the big picture. Like I know I'm a big p- picture person. I need to chunk it down certainly. But I absolutely love seeing the possibility of what a year could play out. So actually seeing some things in that year that look amazing and awesome that I'm driving towards and then the rest of the stuff just falls in between. And I always talk about that analogy of the the jar with the rocks, um, pebbles and sand. Can you explain that to people so they, you know, get a picture sure. of what the tool is that I use? Sure. So just imagine you have a big glass bowl and and then what's outside that black glass bowl is that you have a bunch of big rocks and then you have beside the big rocks you have a bunch of pebbles and then beside that you have a pile of sand and your job is to kind of fit all of the rocks the pebbles and the sand inside this glass jar without overflowing and so what most people do is they kind of put the sand in first and then they put the pebbles and they but then they end up being having no space for the big rocks and so what happens in order to fill this glass jars that the first thing you should do is always put your big rocks in first and then you start to pour in the pebbles and the pebbles will start to fall into the cracks where the big rocks are are, are kind of stacked on top of each other and then when you add the sand to it the sand will then fill in the crevices that the rocks and the pebbles um you know create and that will create that you're a full jar. Now, the the analogy is that your big rocks are the big rocks that you don't move. Those are the important dates on your calendar. So one of the things that we do in a year is that you map out, I mean, doesn't, you know, and although I'm focusing on the next 90 days, it doesn't mean I didn't map out my whole 2017 calendar. So which means that in 2017, I know where my big rocks are. My big rocks for, in my example, would be the three events I already have planned. I know when those dates are. You have those dates. I told you when those dates are. So you should plan everything around that if you're going to be part of the tribe or part of the group. And so those big rocks are important. Another big rock is my, maybe for some of you, might be your your partner's anniversary, like your anniversary with your partner, if your wedding anniversary, or it could be your, like for me, it's a kid's birthday. You know, those are big rocks. I need to make sure I'm there. I'm not out, you know, somewhere else in the world uh, on those on those dates. In my birthday, it doesn't matter to me. But my kid's birthday, I want to make sure that I'm there. It might be certain uh, big performances or whatever. Or maybe you have certain events for your business that you have to run. You know, for us at the Wellness Summit, where we had like 900 people last year, we're going to put those big rocks in play. Um, you know, those are the big rocks. Then the pebbles are like the smaller items. And things that can be a little bit more flexible, but maybe those are delivery events or maybe um, uh, um, it could be certain um, it could be maybe trips like or maybe some of your your trips or your holiday is your big rocks Unless, I know that we're kind of over time here but I wanted to be Brett so we're okay now um, <laughs> but the, the key for me for, for me like I recognize that my worst year in my whole entire life I'm 41 now but what one of the you know not the worst year but what hard year for me was when I didn't take a holiday 
you know, the year that I didn't take any holidays. And I realized that that's not a way to live life. I'd rather sprint for 90 days and then take a break, work hard and then to sp- slow down and celebrate and then work hard and celebrate. So I plan out my trips throughout the year so that these are the places I want to go. So for me, the holidays are sort of like big rocks. For some of you, it might be pebbles, but I do encourage you to put the pebbles in place. And then once you put the new calendar, you'll start to realize how much space is already been filled in your calendar and there's not much space left and this is where the sand goes and these are my um so in my friend's birthday might be a pebble but the sand is like anything that's flexible you know something that is small that if you can attend great but if you can't don't force it in there because the big rocks are already in its right position and the pebbles are in the right position sands are little things that you know maybe like a cold plate's coming to town well if you happen to be on the same weekend as a big rock well you know what the big rock is you know out, outplays the 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 Coldplay uh, concert that you wanted to go to, and so that's the the kind of thinking that you need to have. The sand is flexible that that will fill in the cracks. But you also, I my advice is that you, it's good to fill in your calendar. But you also, it's good to make sure you have a bit of flexibility in the calendar where you leave enough space and gap in there so that you can add things to it as you come along. For I've several times where. I've had speaking gigs that come up last minute. You know, someone might say, hey, do you want to come to, like I just literally got a speaking gig, you know, two days ago and say, hey, do you want to come to Japan and speak? You know, and, I, you know, luckily it was on a spot that I didn't have a big rock or a pebble and it's a free weekend that I can take, you know, technically go away for five days to go to Japan and speak and just, you know, do this incredible event. You know, so having the flexibility to, in your calendar to fit in those things, those seminars or those retreats or those time away from, you know, uh, for your family or for yourself, those, it's very important to have a, a, a fixed schedule, but also a flexible schedule for the 2017. So to help you accomplish your goals. And remember, it's not about running a marathon for 2017. It's about running a series of sprints. So otherwise you're going to get very, very tired and you're going to feel burnt out. And that's not a way to live life. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. agree. Yep. I'm, I'm on that page. And that's why we got Jeez. you on today, because this is the kind of um, the gems and the, and the wisdom and the, I guess, sharing that we would love all of our listeners to take on board to realize that everyone's, we're all trying to, to run these marathons. We're all trying to achieve things. You know, even when we feel like we're not going anywhere, we're still, most of us are still trying. And for anyone who's listening now, I believe that you listen to podcasts because you're trying to make change. You're trying to learn. You're trying to grow. Um, so we certainly appreciate you for doing that. Um, look, I think there's just so much there today. And listeners, you guys need to sort of figure out now what it is you're going to do from here because obviously foundation stuff, Lawrence talked about, the setting up, like, what's your big why? What's your high purpose? Why are you doing this? Are they just shoulds or is it because you actually want to? Um, and then sitting down quietly and trying to hear your inner voice. Andrew, what are some of the other things that our listeners need to sort of take from today's amazing episode? Yeah, let me give like a little bit of a kind of nerdy librarian recap here. And um, Lawrence has definitely out-talked Brett, so well done. That was his goal for today. So <laughs> you've done well. But Ash, like what you said is is really listening to yourself and having that self-awareness and listening to that little voice and going, is this actually something that I want? And I know that I'm trying to go through that process with myself at the moment and I've sort of been reflecting on what do I want more of, what brings me the most joy, and what do I want less of? Um, and just kind of asking those questions when I think about the things that are coming up and how I'm going about scheduling my calendar. And if it's something that I certainly want more of, then that's what I'm going to prioritize. But actually consciously making that decision, I want less of, you know, whatever it might be. And knowing that when they come up, I can say no to them, um, 
and unapologetically as well because it's just not fitting within my vision at the moment. Um, and so it's having taking that self-responsibility as well. So knowing that when I'm saying yes to things, that that's me consciously making that choice. And when I'm saying no to things, it's the same thing. Um, so Lawrence talked a lot about having that self-responsibility. And I think that that is, you know, one of the keys to really having that champion mindset and really setting up that year that you're going to be proud of. Um, and when you are actually thinking about that year ahead and, and maybe setting your goals, whether or not you want to do that, but if you do, make sure you're very clear, they're very specific, and they're measurable as well. So if instead of just saying, I'm going to lose weight and quit smoking, if it's you know some sort of number-related goal like losing weight, what is that goal and how are you going to do that? So how are you going to chunk that down to make sure that it's actually achievable? Um, and then finally, we talked about how we can really prioritize the things that are important to us and you use that that beautiful analogy or, or metaphor of the big rocks in the jar that fill up the stuff first so map those out in your calendar first of all because they're the big stuff that should not move and then the pebbles and the sand after that um i think that that is such great advice for us for anything that we're planning or uh that we're trying to achieve but definitely moving into the next year and, and shifting this space as well um and i just want to remind uh our beautiful listeners and especially because most of our listeners are female that if you have the luxury of planning your calendar around your cycle as well, we've talked about this in previous episodes that in that first phase of that follicular phase of your cycle leading up to and around ovulation is when you're going to be most creative, you're going to be most articulate, you're going to be able to make the most sort of logical decisions as well. So if you have the flexibility of planning your calendar around those sorts of things, then definitely use that to your advantage as well. Guys don't have as much uh, capability to do that. So we're pretty lucky in that sense. Um, that was just something that I wanted to sort of throw in at the end. There. Yeah, she just, wants, she just wants to tr- about that. Tr- yeah, trump you there, Lawrence, you know, just give the uh, yeah. girls, girls got a better well, I anyway. A, <laughs> I, I think it's awesome actually to think about it that. Is. I never even considered it. But yeah. however, we all have these rhythms, right? We all have yeah. these rhythms that I think it's functioning. It's, it's almost like the crazy thing to thinking uh, when we plan for the year, it's almost like, oh, I can't believe it's Christmas. You know, well, yeah. you kind of knew when Christmas lands, right? You kind of <laughs> know when December 25th is going to roll around. So that's not like it's a surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, Easter is somewhat of a surprise, but I'm sure you can actually figure that out too. So I think <laughs> if you know your cycle, I think it's really important to to kind of know that when you function the best. And this is a go to day to day thing too as well. I know I function best in the morning. I function more created creativity. My my maximum creativity is in the morning. So therefore, I don't budget usually any calls in the morning where because that's where I can get the most product productivity um, done in the morning where I can have calls in the afternoon because I'm drawing on other people's energy rather than trying to rely on my own because I lose um, self-motivation in the afternoon because it's you know a bit tiring so I think well I'll leave you with one thought uh, I think it's really important to kind of say this as we coming to close of the of the year, oftentimes when people reflect upon their year, they reflect on all the things they didn't do. And I know I touched upon this, but here's an exercise that you should uh, I, I recommend you doing. And I do this sort of every New Year's Eve. I, I take and you can do it any time now. Is when you reflect back on the year, ask yourself what were the highlights, what were the wins for your year, rather than asking all the things that you didn't do. Ask like what what did you accomplish this year. And have the self-reflection because we don't remember. We don't take the time to reflect upon all the great things that actually happened in our life. And then the second question is then what were, what were the lessons that I learned this year? And then from the wins and the lessons that you learned, then you can go and prepare for next year. 
having that contrast of going, hey, these were the ones of the wins. I got there because of this reason. Like, why were they a win? How did you do it? And then having a reflection upon all the lessons that you learned, that that mindset that those two questions give you creates this amazing mindset to answer the third question is, what do I want to do next year? So I think that it's really, really critical that you do that. Beautiful. So ladies, uh, put yourself in the perfect frame to set yourself up for the most amazing year yet. Make sure you check in and discover what it is that you're most happy and most proud of for the things that you have achieved this year. Um, rather than beating yourself up with the guilt and the and the negatives that you, you didn't achieve and frame yourself getting ready with all that positive energy into starting the things and creating the things for 2017 that you just can't wait to get into. Um, I love it. Lawrence, thank you so much for talking to us. This has been such a beautiful, uh, enlightening episode and hopefully, ladies listening, you've got so much from this and you can just take away the little pieces that are going to work for you right now and maybe you're going to play it back again in a few weeks' time and just take in a few more pieces so that you can build yourself an absolutely stellar 2017. Awesome. So ladies, you can find us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. Make sure you're following us on Instagram as well, uh, which is underscore the wellness women. Um, we would love your five-star ratings on iTunes. They really do make a difference. So um, please feel free to share these with your friends and leave your comments below as well. Um, Lawrence, how can our tribe find out more about you? Um, you could find out from me, I guess, lawrencetam.com, which is L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E-T-H-A-M. But more importantly, if you want to, if you like what you heard today, uh, the best podcast you can listen to me on is Inside the Champion's Mind, which is under the wellnesscouch.com website. And I'm also on the wellness guys too. Great. And we'll certainly uh, leave you all sorts of links to find Lawrence on our social media as well. Uh, so ladies, until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.